Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That is me. Today we are doing uh, an episode about songs that make us feel a little bit uneasy or uncomfortable for some reason. Everyone has those songs. They do. Uh, for, di- for a massively different reason. It could be like the intent of the song. Yep. to make it f- I think most of mine, if not all, not all mine actually, the more I think about it. No, all but one are definitely intending to mm. make you feel uneasy yeah. and uncomfortable. Um, but everyone has those songs. But then like, I talked about this to some people like, years ago like when i was talking about it, yeah like i didn't like that song because it was played at like a feeling like, like no that's not what i'm talking about no, at all no. although yes fair enough it does make you feel uneasy for specific reasons i'm just mean like it's written in the song that you can't explain as to why it's making you feel a bit yeah it makes your skin crawl a little bit yeah so we picked five each and i i knew straight off the bat which ones i was going to do just songs and i love these songs but if i'm being honest the first time i heard them i was like they have the creeps <laughs> the creeps or else it kind of like thrill me a little bit especially yeah. my first one but let's talk about your first one what is it my first one's kind of obvious um but it's um it's pink floyd comfortably numb does that make you feel uncomfortable yeah um first off i forget this out in the open i know jack shit about pink floyd pink floyd i want life's great mysteries to me i've never yeah. listened to dark side of the moon i've never listened to the wall um, I know loads of their songs from being played on the radio and stuff like that and I know this yeah. song but I don't know anything about I don't know who's in the band really like I read interviews and I recognise a name and I go oh it's Sid Barrett or whatever and I go okay right he was in that band and he I, was I, in I, them for a while yeah, yeah so you've heard of Roger Waters Roger Waters because he has David a thing Gilmore. called yeah look again yeah. I, I, I kind of recognise the names but I don't know what they've done in the band I couldn't tell you who the singer was who the drummer was who the guitarist none of that don't know anything like that about the band. Yeah. They're just one of life's great mysteries. And uh, I don't dislike them. I just never, never listen to them. I've never sat there's down. Lot, there's a lot of different styles to get through. Those, band, those bands can be hard to get into. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, to be honest with you, what, what I've been doing for the last like 20 years, I've been promising myself that some weekend I'm going to like put together 100 quid. I'm going to go out and buy the LPs. And I'm just going to sit down and listen to them. Because I know I but should that, have them. That would be the best way to get into yeah. them because you're committed to them. Exactly. Work. If I just put the, put it on Spotify, we'll walk into work and it's kind of like, this is going nowhere and I'll skip it. You know what I mean? But if I go out and buy the the main fucking records, you know, um, Animals and all that kind of shit, if I go out and buy all them... We're, then, uh, we're, we're loaded after last night, after the radio show. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Everyone gave money. Everyone. Everyone fucking gave us a few quid last night for the last the last art uh, so thank you thank <laughs> only joking you didn't give me that no that you just didn't you bastards <laughs> no loads of people did but no we're, we're not trying to say we've loads of money definitely don't it's digging into my leg oh you're my fucking is he a knob no my work card your work knob work knob <laughs> the one you bring in to show off yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? I can't figure it out. Oh, no, sorry, I know what it is. Think me, uh, you know my lanyard. I don't wear that around my neck because that's a sap thing to do. It is it. So I put it in my pocket, and if I need it, I'll take it out and like do it over, glance it over a door. As long as it's not hanging off you, like a fucking backstage pass. How many lads do that's we know? That's what I'm that? saying. I can't. I can't rock like around. Like went to the pub afterwards with it on. Like, even when there's no gigs on, they're wearing wearing chains with seven lanyards hanging off it. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, mate. right. No, I'm talking about people that come from work and still have their work lanyard on. I'm like, well, take it off. It's weird. I'm not talking about people just go out wearing backstage passes connected to their, That's to their belt. Way, where, way, That's mad way. odd. Mad odd. Anyway, yeah. Pink Floyd Company yeah. Numb. I don't yeah, know about Pink this, Floyd. This is a mad chilled out song, I thought. <laughs> um, I find it incredibly creepy, right? Because the first right. verse, the first verse he's doing this kind of singing, kind of. Cheshire cat kind of ah, they they better what what type of kind of thing, and yeah. I, I don't like that. Right, first of all, I don't <laughs> like it. Um, I don't like it when people do that those type of voices even at me in the pub or anything. If someone comes up, someone comes up and is messing with you like oh, I don't like it. I just like have a reaction to it. In tongues or something like. I don't know what it is. I just don't like there's a particular tone of voice and a way of saying words that my <laughs> brain goes get the fuck away at me now. And uh, he does it in this song. Then, um, for, I think a lot of people think the song's about drugs, and it's not. It's about him being sick as a child and experiencing a fever, right? Because yeah. um, I went and I watched interviews with him about writing the song and all this kind of shit. And uh, th- I think that might be the reason why I don't like it. Because when I was a kid, 
I had a mad fever and I started hallucinating as well. And I remember it. <laughs> right? And I remember it. So when he's talking about, when I was a child, I had a fever. Right? All that kind of stuff. And he's just talking about yeah. like all the shit he's saying, his hands turning into balloons and all this kind of stuff. And uh, when I remember when I was a kid, I was probably 10, 11 years of age, and I don't know what was wrong with me. And I remember like lying in bed, sweating, and rolling around the bed and seeing things. And every time I closed my eyes, and I'd, I'd kind of drift into this half-dream, half-awake state. And I can tell you right, right now what I was like half hallucinating half seeing and I was breaking old people out of an old folks home this is the hallucination I had right I remember right. it I remember it like as if it actually happened to me that this is so strange isn't it right this was the and I'd never been in an old folks home I was 10 years of age right never been old, didn't know what they looked like anything like that and I was breaking people and didn't know, even know anybody in an old folks home and I was I had like a ladder and I was helping old people up the ladder to get get them out of this home and it was like Escape from Cold or something. There was like people with torches and shit and and uh, like towers looking for us. Like a like a fucking uh, like a POW camp. And uh, it would go into mad vivid detail when I did kinda nod off into half sleep. Like I was there experiencing it. But when I woke up and look around looked around my room, I could see like the old people like trying to run through my room to get out of the old folks home in real life and all this kind of shit so mm-hmm. when I when I hear this song and he's talking about having a fever as a child and experiencing hallucinations it brings me back to how horrific that was in my head and it makes me skin crawl a little bit okay. uh, so A I don't like the way he sings uh, in the verse and then I don't particularly like what he sings about in the chorus either because it reminds me of something horrible that I went through and uh, I just, yeah it, it actually Straight up just makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm gonna play a little bit of it, um, okay. and you'll hear you'll hear a little bit of what he's he's uh, he's kind of vocally what he's doing here that kind of bothers me. So yeah, Jesus, w- such a good song. It's be- it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, beautiful, and I I don't dislike this song at all. And I will take any opportunity to listen to this song when it's on. But because I had that thing happen to me when I was a kid, uh, and what happens now is that if I find myself really really tired or I'm starting to get sick, and I I don't get sick that often. Sometimes you kind of get that like what I call pre-sick, where like you feel like the glands in your neck are kind of swollen and you feel kind of tired and run down. You're not fully sick yet, but you feel something starting to happen, you know? Like your body's yeah. fighting something off. And sometimes I, I can, well, like when, I, when I'm kind of, if I'm not able to get rid of that fucking dose instantly, I start to feel some of those kind of old hallucination type feelings creeping into me. If I'm like really, really tired or I'm feeling like I'm starting to get sick, I start to feel like just the beginnings of that night that I spent fucking sweating and rolling around my bed seeing old folks run through my bedroom. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, because of that, because that's a constant thing that like, not constant, you know what I mean? Whatever, once or twice a year, yeah. um, that y- you get those feelings that uh, when I hear this song, it reminds me of those feelings of getting sick. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Um, and I just don't, I just don't like it. And it makes me feel fucking weird. Okay. Um, 
and it's I and I can't. It's nothing to do necessarily with the the tune of the song because it is beautiful and there's you know got the strings in 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 and it's loud and it's, it's gorgeous. The start of it's a bit fucking stupid, but like for the most part, it's it's gorgeous and it it doesn't. Whenever a prog bands write a nice song, they always have to add a weird thing at the start. Of course they do. Gonna have oh we're still prog like. Yeah, it's the start of it's just fucking stupid. Um. Uh, so yeah I, th- that's my first one listen that's right. my first it just makes me feel weird it, it's almost I mean it's called comfortably numb as well which is um, a good description of kind of how you feel when, when you're starting to get shitty you know what I mean where before you're actually fucking sick which is how I always felt about it where I just I'm just deflated and I'm kind of my head is lobbed off to the side I'm watching TV or whatever I'm like, right. there's something mm-hmm. happening like Something's about to kick off here now in my body. And if I don't lash a load of like multivitamins and vitamin C and water and all sorts of shit into me and get into bed ASAP, I'm going to be dying tomorrow. Like I can feel it, you know? Um and I, but again, I'm kinda of lucky in that regard that I get to dodge a lot of kind of sick bullets. So I just get old people shit, like shingles and stuff and shin splints and fucking tuberculosis and all <laughs> like whatever 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 old people get, that's what I'm gonna get as well, like, realistically. I don't. I generally don't get the flu or colds. Not really. Um, anyway, that's my first one. That's Pink Floyd, comfortably numb. What is your first one? Just so, someone threw this CD case at my head, so I hate this song. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you feel is, the scar. Yeah, this is uh, Captain Beefheart Ashtr- and his Magic Band mm. uh, with Ashtray Heart from one of my favorite albums, uh, Doc at the Radar Station. Um, this song, I'd love to play the whole lot of it, but we just don't have the time. This song threw me off and lured me into a false sense of security mm. with with this because it's a blues rock song and it's like do 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 dance around the gaff to it yeah. even though he's singing like kind of weird lyrics and then the the happiness sort of ends and the drums cut out and he just starts shouting about like being used like an ashtray heart and then mm. you think that this is kind of getting a bit weird and a bit uncomfortable and then the third part comes where he takes on a whole new voice that sounds like Gollum. And <laughs> the lyrics are fucking brilliant. And it always threw me because it just, I was like thinking on the bus going, this is deadly. Then it gets to this bit where he's just like, you used me. But then the, this, the third voice comes in like another little character mm. and starts screaming about it again. And then the weirdest part of all it just goes back into ding, ding, ding. I'm like, no, no, I'm not having that. You just, you made me feel weird there. You made me feel really weird because I was enjoying the, I should have known something was coming because it was going too normal for Captain Yeah, Asia. yeah, that happens. It happens anyway. to zap it as well. You're like, oh, it's real groovy and then something bad shit mad happens. <laughs> but this sounds really like he's mad angry mm. about some sort of betrayal or something like that. But uh, give it. At the beginning of hardcore music beginning the hardcore music yeah and it's it's mad like the song is mad anyway because it's all mad time it's not time signatures but it's, it's mad rhythm to it Stop, but then yeah. when this this bit comes in honestly i remember the first time going that's what making me feel weird like a little bit uncomfortable as to how he sang that bit and then went mm. back into it like nothing had happened go on anyway give it a give it a go To the dining rooms, violent hot cake. Dissolve in new cards, boards, throats, underwear. Stray hot, you picked me up. Brush me off, crush me while I was burning out. Stray heart hid behind the curtain, waited for me to go out. A man on a porcupine fence used me for an ashtray heart, hit me where the lover hangs out. You used 
Do you know what? Like, honestly, it's such a great song. And I wish I could play the whole lot of it to feel, so you could feel how it was going before that happened. Because that mm. just sounds like I cut into a mad bit of like the song. Yeah. Because that that comes out of nowhere in the song. Yeah, it's even even when when those kind of, the toms go into that weird hi-hat thing that's off as well. And uh, I always find sometimes when the, when the drums start rolling off in the wrong direction, I always make sure your ears kind of prick up going, what the fuck is, why, what? <laughs> What and then like you said, yeah, that golem kind of thing as well. Yeah, don't uh, don't like that. That makes me feel a bit weird. Loads of his songs do that. They, yeah, this is not the one. This playlist is not going to uh, do well for my mental health now tonight. I have to go back to work in the morning. Stinger, stinger, stinger on me. Yeah. Honestly, I would implore. I love using that word. Uh, everyone to listen to the album. You won't, and even if you do, you probably won't like it. But like, because it is like stuff like that. But if you like that. Just, I just love that bit because <laughs> you listen to the song because he'll he'll have happy upbeat songs. Mm. Something weird about it, but nothing was preparing me for that bit. And I remember just like going, that that sounds like he's really like disturbed mm. in that bit. And then when it goes back into like yeah. no, I can't get that feeling back that I had at the start. <laughs> anyway, that was Captain Beefheart, Ash Trayhart from Belly. Dock at the Radar Station. I think it's 1970-something, but they uh, re-released it in 2006. So who's your next one? My next one is Nada Surf with Popular. Right. I um, <laughs> have, have trouble with this song, uh, kind of for two reasons. One is the start of it has loads of people talking over each other, which oh, yeah. I don't like. It's makes supposed me supposed to feel like uh, in a high school or something. Yeah, yeah. And it just don't, it just makes me feel anxious. Whenever our songs have like loads of people, that, that, like not a conversation, just like a din, a drone of people talking, I always kind of sets me on edge a little bit. Um, but the main reason that the song makes me feel a bit uncomfortable and a bit weird is that the the verses are very kind of stream of conscious um, consciousness, yeah. and like I have, like I, I find it real hard to enjoy songs about like personal pain. Um, because I, I kind of end up that there's a certain there's a certain level of kind of being introspective that I can enjoy. It, like you think of something like Jolene, you know what I mean, by Dolly Parton, yeah. which is you know like that, she's trying to doesn't, doesn't reason go with someone. Yeah, it's just it's a little bit wishy washy and it's kind of throwaway country. Which how, is just ever funny. how dare you ever use those words in that sequence? <laughs> I, that song. I know I love I love that song. Wishy washy and throwaway country. Well, the the, the, ter- the like the, out of here. the way the way the song is kind of pieced together lyrically is just about fucking uh, our fella has another board and don't please don't take him away me. But I, I, I don't know. I just it doesn't it doesn't hit me in the fucking heartstrings. But does when. You get lyrics like the way this song is put together, where it's very, it's very personal. And when it gets when when, when lyrically a song is too personal, like I can't. It's not that I can't enjoy it. I just find myself empathising with him like you poor bastard. Like, how do you like, listen to Morrissey? His lyrics are very very uh, <coughs> open, but they're not uh, really getting bad, he, super bad happening. I suppose he the way Morrissey's very good at covering up actual feelings with kind of. He kind of masks them in, in stupid little rhyme, you know. And you can kind of like, listen to like National Front Disco or something like that. And it's kind of tongue in cheek, and um, I don't know, even like glamorous glue or something like that. Like he's he's able to kind of. I think what he does is he thinks he's taken the everyman's opinion, and he's kind of writing it down. He's being the conduit for it. I think that's what Morrissey thinks he's doing. In right. this song, this sounds exactly like what a teenager or a young adult goes through in yeah. their head, you know? And there's bits of it that are kind of advice, like, uh, where, where they're trying to give advice from their own personal point of view, like, oh, I've gone through this, this is not the way to fucking do it. And what's interesting then is the chorus from the, the opposite point of view, the chorus is about, is, is from the point of view of somebody who is popular and uh, saying I'm yeah. on the football team and blah, 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 everybody loves me, blah, blah, blah. That, that stream of consciousness thing always... Reminded me of a song actually that I wanted to put on this list, but isn't on Spotify. Uh, Henry the Rollins Band, Liar. Yeah, always makes me feel a little bit uneasy. It's it's, it's odd. Uh, a lot of the Rollins Band stuff, 
weight and all that. There's a, there's a lot of Rollins man stuff because, like, <laughs> I don't think Rollins is a particularly good songwriter, but he had really good people in that band, and they were just mm. kind of doing what they wanted while he just made up shit to go along with it. And uh, like, you know, Rollins man. Remind me of that, like yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's some of that. Let me play a bit of this here for. I mean, I'm sure people might not even recognize the name, but they know they probably know this song. No, I don't care. I mean, hey, I got Penny. There comes a time in every girl's life when she's really gotta ask herself. It's time to ask herself. She's steady. To be honest, steady. That it just it sounds like someone speaking from fucking life experience about doing a couple of things wrong and having wrong things done to them and shit like that. And, and I can't, well, I can't directly relate to what they're talking about. I can empathise with them, you know. I can, I can I feel like I'm in their shoes, and it makes songs like that hard for me to enjoy, even though I do enjoy it. I love that song; it's cool. Mm, but I I, I kind of have to turn up my brain from listening to the lyrics too hard. If you get me, uh, like I have to just kind of hum along with it almost in my head, so I don't mm. start like breaking the lyrics part. And uh, yeah, the, the, and there's a bunch of those songs where it's just the, the content of it. There's one more in here where I mean it's slightly different than this list, but um, uh, I almost feel I feel reluctant about enjoying it because it's. It, I know they've made art; they've used their pain to create art, which is you know a tried and tested method. Mm. But I find it hard to kind of separate what that poor bastard went through and what he's talking right, about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's my second one. That's not a sort of, don't have a lot to say about it. It's just, it's a great <laughs> song. But um, the talking stuff at the start always makes me skin crawl a little bit. Um, it, it, it just, there's a little bit kind of sensory overload, which is weird for someone who works in the pub. Um, but there's something about when you're. Uh, when you're listening to music especially you're walking down the road you have your headphones on you're alone and there's loads of people talking it just kind of makes makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up a little bit like what the fuck like this is the wrong place for this you know and yeah. then l- 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 lyrical content is just I just can't I can't uh, I can't separate the music from what they're what they're singing about and uh, I, just f- I feel bad for them and because of that and I shouldn't feel bad for them because they're yeah. putting it out there but I do I, can't, I just can't let it go uh, anyway, that's not a sort of with popular. Uh, what is your next one? My next one is an Irish band. Okay. And it's a girl band with the song Shoulder Blades from mm. the Talkies from uh, about two years ago. It came out. I like this album. It, uh, I heard this song first and it made me really uncomfortable. And the video, mm. obviously, is if, if anyone's seen it, is really, really kind of creepy as well. Uh, just one of those videos with one person mm. singing like I think it ha- they have uh, an actress singing it and just being weird and it's mm. all very weird because the music is definitely 100% the audio version of Anxiety <laughs> yeah from what I know of girl bands they're uh, yeah and they're they're so, so freaky someone might go why would you want to listen to that I just find <laughs> it fascinating mm. I think that they've it's it's an incredibly hard thing to do to make really good enjoyable music but in the realm of 
complete anxiety and yeah like offsetting I, I, upsetting music like yeah i really think it's 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 incredibly hard to do that i mean yeah. we talk about we, we, i don't think we've mentioned okay computer in about five seconds so i'll mention it again there just to, to get it in there that had just absolute like social paranoia and yeah. anxiety all built into it and um, i don't know what the singer Derek keely is singing about a lot of the time don't really probably he probably doesn't care that yeah people are not reading into the lyrics too much um i know that i probably should mention he did have like some like serious uh anxiety problems that stopped mm-hmm. him uh doing stuff in the band for a while but he's super super talented they all mm-hmm. are they really really are um I didn't really like this song when I first heard it, and because it was my first real introduction to girl band, because mm. everyone was sharing it like mad, and I was like, I don't really like this. But when the album came out, I just think it fits nicely in, and now I really like it. But it is not a feel good hit of the summer. <laughs> uh, so give it a blast there, and you'll yeah. see why. <laughs> I love it though. Hello, it don't know. Let's begin in tongues, death. Licking gets red like a sock. And it was. Feel like a chicken. Act like a cock. And now it's on. Dutch gold. Stereo pan and the vocals at the start is uh, Jesus put you off hard. as well. That, yeah, that was just <laughs> it, it's everything is trying to assault you. Yeah, uh, in the song, I like it. So a lot of people like compare this band to like the Fall and stuff like that. Yeah, and loads of other bands, but they've come out and said, "Look, we're just going to be straight up honest. We don't listen to all the bands that we don't listen to any really the bands that we get compared to every yeah. day." They say that their biggest influences are Bad Brains and the Chemical Brothers. Mm. <laughs> just weird not what I was expecting at all yeah to hear. but uh, I don't know I find them really fun and interesting to listen to in, in uh, interviews because they're kind of just like oh lads like whatever just, there's the album like mm. uh, check it out <laughs> we're not good at this yeah, just, like, yeah being asked questions and stuff like that they are yeah I had um, them. They, they played in the pub I think a couple of times at the start um, did they? Yeah, before they, they got big and moved across the road to like Vicar Street and stuff like that they played yeah they played in TH a few times Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I would like to see them. I know the gigs were so the, the last gig. <laughs> yeah, they got they got real big fast, which is great for them, you know. Yeah, well they signed to Rough Trade and they were like yeah, being, no, they were uh, reviewed in Rolling Stone and the Guardian and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, but they deserve it because I think there's a lot of uh, great stuff. But look, uh, it's also different. It's also different from it's, what the what the rest so of Ireland is putting out at not, the same yeah, time. It's so not Irish, yeah, which is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Who's your next one anyway? Uh, my next one is The Residence with Hello Skinny. I don't know this song at all. Um, so, I, I don't know much about The Residence. Um, so I had to go digging. I only know a, a few bits and pieces. Um, so basically The Residence are like a, an American avant-garde art collective. So there's no like set membership essentially in The Residence. Right. Um, and The Residence were founded in the early 60s during the hippie movement. Um, mm. and they had like a commune and stuff like that and they got really interested in music and uh, kind of how would you even put it the kind of the dissonance between notes and the music you know and to, to use music as pure art and expressionism as opposed to trying to write a pop hit so it's they kind of got a little bit more serious in the 70s um because Warner Brothers had signed Captain Beefheart, which would, would have been kind of the closest thing to what they were doing. So they start sending demos and shit like this out. Right. Um, a, there's a massive amount of music. This song uh, is after, I think, their fifth their fifth album called Duck Stab from 1978. That's and it's, a deadly name. Duck Stab, yeah. And there's think, a guy on the cover stabbing a duck. Exactly, yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, no one really knows who's in the band. There was one guy that they think was almost certainly in the band who died couple of years ago 
because whenever they, they appear publicly at do gigs, they wear masks or they wear these big like paper mache eyeballs right. on the on their heads. So oh, nobody this is making me I start thinking now I know who this band are now, yeah. Yeah, they just sort of just these big giant fucking eyeballs. It's 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 so fucking weird. It's 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 kind of dissonant and off-putting. It's real creepy. Let let me play a little bit of it here for you. Like okay. I, I don't have much to say about the residents because there's not much to say about them because nobody knows jack shit about them. Bar like I could reel off loads of dates about album releases and all that, but other than that, like I can I can, I can tell you that it kind of started in the early sixties with the hippie movement and then just progressed as synthesizers and electronic music kind of came along. But th- this is just this is the soundtrack to your fucking nightmares. This song. So incredibly thin that even the end of an eye drop I sucked him in. Now Skinny never knew any questions, and Skinny never looked at lights, but Skinny sold something every single night. Like that's just the music they play in the elevator down to hell. That and that uh, that bass is incredible. It's Whatever. so it's boom, so hairy. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. it's deadly. That's <sighs> yeah, it's great. But... I think I've heard like had a resident song that I used to listen to all the time, maybe or one or two. Yeah, and I just one of them things that I just never went back to. So I'm, I might give them a blem. I think. Yeah, like, if Beefheart knowledge are bagged, then I think that's that's probably definitely yeah. up your street. Um, oh, yeah, I just find that. And that, that's one of the bigger songs as well. Like that, that was kind of a hit, songs, hit for yeah. them. That was a <laughs> hit for them, you know. Uh, it's just... When I listen to it, it's it, it just sounds like I'm fucking lost in the forest or something. I just don't like it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't like the way it sounds, even though it's amazing. Like, mechanically. Like, the sounds and all are great. And his, his voice is weird and stuff. But it's just it's real off-putting and it's... Gives me goosebumps and not the good kind of goosebumps, you know. It's just creepy as fuck. <laughs> it's just creepy as fuck. And I don't even really want to talk about it again. Who's your next one? <laughs> My next one is the part Indian, part English songwriter Peter Sarstead's No More Lollipops. I do not know this, I don't think. Oh, you do. I bet you do. All right, mate. I bet yeah. you do. So Peter Sarstead was a kind of... He, he'd be classified mostly as pop because he had that uh, Where Do You Go To My Lovely song yeah. that was huge and uh, a bit of folk as well and a bit of messing around and the messing around sounds like this song No More Lollipops which okay. like the song is only two minutes long we can realistically play the whole lot of it but I don't want to so um, actually just go back a little bit will you go back to like uh, before there yeah around about there maybe yeah. just so people get an idea so I don't know why he's singing the lyrics he is but it makes me feel uncomfortable hmm. uh, to keep when that he keeps singing "No More Lollipops" for you over and over again, and then the end of it. Well, I'm just going to let the end of it speak for itself. So give it a lash there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested here now. Now you got to pay. No more lollipops for you. No more lollipops for you. What you gonna do? Boy, a fix boy, a fix boy, what would your mother say? No more lollipops for you. No more lollipops for you. No more lollipops for you. No, no more lollipops for you. No more lollipops for you. That can fuck off back to hell. Uh, you're, not, you're not into that now. That's horrible. That made me skin crawl a bit. Uh, oh, wait till you hear the one I have for, for you after this. I, but, uh, oh, I don't know. No, 
No. And it's from a band that you hate as well. So, but that is uh, Peter Sarsted, who wouldn't have normally done a whole lot of stuff like that. He actually died four years ago um, in, in England. He's, uh, I, I only know him like this. I can't remember how I heard this song. Mm. But it's, like, if you go over to England and you meet like someone and ask them, like of a certain age, like maybe 40, 50, did you ever hear Peter Sarsted? Oh, yeah, definitely. Where do you go to? I love yeah. you. And I don't know if they will ever know this song. In fact, if you go on Wikipedia and look for this song, like in his bio or anything like that, yeah. there's no, no, nothing about it at all. I, was just, I just wanted to find out what year. That's all I wanted yeah, to know. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. And uh, there's very little stories on it. It's like one of those, that Gene Pitney song I always play, Animal yes, Crackers. Yes, yes, it's just yes, one yes. of those where they might have done too much drugs and it had a studio handy. Exactly. Or they were in the studio doing drugs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Peter Sarsted, and I love that song because the, the uh, even the start of it is really creepy. It has this big like it's it's it is a nightmare. You're in yeah. the middle of a nightmare in yeah. that song. There's nothing really uh, happy about that. No more lollipops for you is don't like it. It, it, it could be a political <laughs> political thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, who's your next one? Uh, my next one's uh, uh, another kind of obvious one. To be honest, with you. it's Diane by Therapy. And um, there's a cover of a Husker Du song. It's not their Mm. song. Uh, Husker Du song from 1983 of the same name. The original one is very different. It's very, very good. Very good. The The Husker Du. Yeah. Um, I had to just go and remind myself of that Husker Du version of it again. I I, I, I do prefer it. Like, I love love the the Terby one, but I do prefer (laughs) the Husker Du one. It it comes together a bit better. Yeah. the way the way the Husker Day ones placed together, you can tell that it's like that is one hundred percent the original composition of yeah, it, yeah. and like the Terry one is so very very different, like so incredibly different. Obviously, it there's only cello um, going on in this song, and it's it's even very different from anything else that Therapy done, and uh, yeah. it's written about the murder of Diane Edwards by Joseph Chur in nineteen eighty. Uh, it's based on a real uh, murder and rape, a rape and murder. Uh, it's it's beautiful, but the subject matter is so fucking dark that uh, a little bit like with with with, um, with popular um, as I was talking about, it's just content wise. I, I feel bad for liking this song. I'm, no, I know the line you're talking like, about. I heard it, it, it. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah, because um, it's, it's it's so fucking. Like it's it's basically a description of the the, the killing from the, the the killer's kind of mouth essentially, and it's written from their point of view, and it's so kind of the whole thing is done so fucking nonchalant, and it's about like you know let's let's there's a party down the road, let's go to this party down the road, and you you know fucking look if you lift there, blah blah blah, kind of noisy noisy, and then it hits you with the big fucking, but I think I'll just rape you and kill you instead, and then it's it's yeah. just. All of a sudden, then you're like this because it's beautiful and it's creepy and it's eerie. Because cello was one of the best instruments ever created, as far as I'm concerned. Cello is just one of the most beautiful sounding instruments. Very versatile. You can do a lot with it, and uh, because it is just cello, and and and, and fucking um, his voice, it, it's so fucking evil. It's so evil, but it's so beautiful. But because of its content, I feel really bad and I feel awkward when it's on, even because like sometimes I, I'll put on the playlist and work, or I'll be listening to therapy and it'll play. And if the pub is like not full, full, like if there's a fair few people in there, you can see loads of people kind of nodding their head to it, and then like that line hits when, and then they realise what the song is about, and you can see everybody's kind of demeanour change yeah. very quickly. Um, let me play a little bit of it here um, for, right. for anybody who hasn't heard it. Diane, 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 
Like, how the fuck can you sit there and enjoy a song that's about raping and killing a woman? You know? And uh, I feel I feel like uh, almost personal responsibility whenever that song comes on. Because it's... Like... Do you mean... Uh, yeah, I'd, I very rarely play it, DJ, because it's... That <sighs> line comes out of... It's, it's, it's because yeah, it's how it's delivered. Th- and there's he, a little he, lag as well, and then it's, he uses up half of the the verse fucking sentence to deliver it as well so you're like why is he not singing oh what's he said uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so like uh, um, as much as that song is fucking amazing and it's dark and it's horrific um, it's uh, it's it's as I said how, how the fuck can you enjoy that song when you know what it's about especially because it's based on a real fucking event as well um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I just as much as I love that song I almost wish it didn't exist both versions of it <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah like, like I said there's just some things that I, I find it hard not to empathise with and uh, kind of get into the mode of what the people are singing about you know and uh, not, not to say when I listen to the song I feel like fucking killing someone but um, I feel I just it sets me on edge and I, I don't like the way it makes me feel and uh, that's why I definitely included it in this fucking uncomfortable songs playlist. Uh, as amazing as it is, like I, I tell you what, I wish I wish it was written in another language. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I wish it was in fucking Cambodian or something. Do you know what I mean? Then I could enjoy that song. Both versions of it. It just yeah. makes me too uncomfortable to properly fully enjoy it. The subject matter is just too grim. It's too grim. And uh, as amazing as it is, and it's one of the things, the minute you bring up therapy, they talk about Scream Major, and then they talk about Diane. It's just one of their biggest songs, um, especially kind of in the, the kind of alternative community. But uh, it shouldn't be. It should have been a fucking hidden track or a B-side in a single or something like that. Um, well, as long as it's a cover, they can kind of... Or they can justify doing it because it's not their song. You know what I mean? But yeah. even for, for Husker Dukes, I think that was on their... Something like that. It was on an EP or something like that. It wasn't even a massive song for them. Like it is now because. Mm. Uh, but they're so they're, they're so influential to the entire grunge and alternative rock music of the nineties. Husker they were their most forgotten kind of linchpin or Juma's key in almost all of alternative music. The fact that like they wrote punk music, hardcore music, alternative music, pop music, fucking reggae music. Like they they're incredibly versatile, incredibly important and uh, not enough people talk about them or play them I don't think uh, I just I don't think they're as popular as they should be I think people to this day should be still fucking talking about Husker Dio in almost um, in any sentence Bob, about their music yeah and Bob Moll's uh, solo stuff's really really good Bob Moll's a fucking insane shit we think we talked about him before he does uh, work for WWE writing storylines for wrestling that's right, yeah. yeah. So he's a mad wrestling Pumpkins, fan. Pumpkins listen to Oscar Lou as well. Yes, most certainly. <laughs> most certainly. Uh, anyway, that was Diane by Therapy. Who is your next one? Uh, I'd say you've been looking forward to this one. This is Mr. Bungle <laughs> with After School Special. Now, I'm going to have to get you to play two parts of this song. Okay. I think I, I showed you the bit that uh, we'll play at the yep. start. But the, 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 bit, the, the main crux of this song creeps me out, but it's the end of it that really puts the shitty icing on the cake <laughs> uh, I love Disco Volante it's an incredibly experimental album uh, <coughs> God like Jesus I'm trying to find like the list of styles death metal jazz Arabic music uh, easy listening and tango mm. are on this album <laughs> it's just a lot of lads getting together and just doing whatever and making whatever it really they want really yeah yeah so um, this song is called After School Special and it starts with this organ and then it's like a, a kid a really weird kid singing about his home life okay uh, and then it's just it doesn't make really uh, for for happy listening yeah. but then like there's an interlude at the end of the song to bleed into the next song. So what we'll do is just play the first bit anyway. Yeah, we'll go back then and talk about it. We'll go back in 10 dogs and then we'll play it a little bit later. Yeah. Well, 
Well, now I like this song. I like this album a lot. I have to say. I mean, I remember when I was a lot younger hearing it, trying to be into it more than I was into it. Yeah, because we all did that. But then, as I grew older, we were I all little try-hard bastards. We were back in the really day. were, especially yeah. with Ed and Mike Patton. Yeah, that's what he was yeah. for, and that's what Till were for. But to be honest with you, I did really grow to like this album. Um, not as much as the debut, but the debut is a fucking set out. In a, in a specific style of mm. like funk metal with carnival music going around, and that's not your thing at all. No, that's not that's not for you. And it has ska and everything in it. Oh, I'd rather do either either of our things. Yeah. So anyway, this song goes on like this, and Mike Patton gets a bit like screamier at the end of it. Um, I'm not sure if he's even singing that main bit there, mm. but he's singing in the background the the hard bit, let's call it. And then uh, at the very end, the interlude gets me every single time. <laughs> this bit is the most uncomfortable I feel out of any of the songs that we'll play all tonight. right well, I'm interested so now give it a bash there all right give me a shot of this bleeding this bad boy here she needs to be there that's why I'm here today because she No thanks. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you bought this album the other day. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I did. You bought, yeah, this, I did. You bought this album the other day. Now you have to listen to this again yeah, at did. some stage. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw it in your CD. Uh, your, 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 yeah, I got it in the charity shops. My charity shop yeah. hall. I had a fucking bumper. Bumper crop in the charity shops. I last seen. I said, I'll grab it. Um, that sounded like a rap. I got a bumper crop in the charity <laughs> shop. <laughs> Uh, Disco Valente. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I couldn't remember. I couldn't don't remember. like that. Don't like that. No, don't like that at all. Don't like the. Uh, don't Doesn't like that voice. That's another one of them creepy voices that I don't <laughs> yeah. like. And I uh, it's. I don't know whether it's the mammy being tickled or the child being tickled, and why is whoever it is getting tickled in the first place? But then at the end, it's like. Where you go? Why are you go? walking away or whatever they're saying? Like they want more tickles. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I just don't like a helmet. Uh, and I hope I never ever hear it again. Well, don't play it when you have to. I just uh, skip that song. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm probably not going to listen to that. Uh, that's, that CD alone is worth like 30 euro. So I might just sell it. Uh, that's right. It's, yeah, it's worth a few bob. So I might just. Give it to me. Uh, yeah, you can have about 25. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a scabby bastard. <laughs> well, a lot of people didn't uh, didn't contribute towards the the, the last lost art the other night. So uh, we have to ma- we have to make fucking rent money where we can. Like, uh, okay. Well, that was that was my second last choice. Who's your yeah. last choice? My last one, I think, might be one of the creepiest songs ever written, and it's off one of my top records of all time. Same, and yeah, same. It's just, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle of grimness. This entire album, it and is so yeah, dank. Yeah, it's dank. It's just the smell of damp off it would knock you. This uh, is a bench, a, a, a dungeon with yeah. a mattress in it. 
That's all exactly. It's it's <laughs> fucking the location for a Mexican kidnapping is what it is. Uh it's the title track Pornography off the album Pornography by The Cure. And it's a six and a half minute long song that just kinda meanders in dank grimness for about three odd minutes before Robert Smith even bothers started singing. And when he does start singing, he's singing about killing you. Uh, and it's and it's from the again it's from the point of view of the killer and how he's going to torture you and kill you and stuff like that and in that classic Cure style the vocals are buried really really low just to let the fucking horror of the instrumentation take centre stage let me me just play a minute or so of this first so people can understand even what we're talking about There, there's the cure invented nine inch nails basically and uh, like I think you'll have a few people disagreeing with you on that I, I, it's, to me that just sounds like I know yeah, no, no. so much so many nine inch nail songs not necessarily the the meat of them but you know he always has a bit where he kind of trails up in a fucking yeah, mad yeah, one yeah, yeah. Um, it's that, that that kind of tribal drums that are just there the whole time and you got that weird kind of synthy organ thing that's just going through the whole thing about five minutes into it the guitars just start doing whatever they like just whatever <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to it they got, they got a different <coughs> brief a different brief altogether yeah they just do whatever they want and it's fucking terrifying um, over that kind of weird tribal stomp that's happening there um, the fucking Hell's Carnival music and the guitar's just like doing all this kind of mad shit and yeah. if the terror was building up and it kind of kicks into second second or third gear when Smith starts singing you're like what the fuck is going on because you can't even really hear what he's saying and you go look up the lyrics and they're pretty grim and then all of a sudden five minutes into it, like a minute and a half before it ends the guitar's just like a fucking like a chicken yeah. being strangled and uh, it's it, it's hard to fathom that this is the same band that wrote Love Cats do you know what I mean it's, it's mad do you know what I don't know any other band that have that, that those kind of differences can't do it like, I, I can't so listen I can't listen to Freud Am and Love I can't listen to Love Cats I fucking hate them songs right That's I hate them um, they're just it's like listening to Madness or something like that that's what it sounds oh, like. Oh, come on. It's not I, that. It's I, not actually, that. I, I was on the, I listened to the radio today and Our House came on. I was like, this is actually a good song because it's not a ska song. It's all uh, orchestra and cool piano. And uh, it's, The way that song is put together is really cool and the, the key change in the chorus is fucking amazing. But Love Cats and Freud, I mean, love, the, the, the closest I can get to that kind of poppy, top of the pops cure stuff would be maybe something like in between days or something. You know what I mean? I think his look has a huge part to do with it because he can do whatever he wants when he looks like that. Oh yeah. Because yeah, it all ties it all together. It's like, well, it's just Robert Smith doing a happy song and it's just Robert Smith doing a tragic song. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. How's he, he feeling this, this week? looks the same. And yeah. he's not like jumping around in the Love Cats videos that much. Oh no, no. Like he's just that. playing a song. He's yeah. just playing a song and it's definitely... It, like, I, the way I always felt about Love Cats, it was almost like meant to be uh, almost a parody of what was happening in pop music at the time. But it just took off and he went, fuck, I'll take the money. You know? Um, yeah. Same with like Friday, I'm in love and all. Like, I, just, I just hate those songs. They're too happy because I associate The Cure with this kind of stuff and a forest and uh, Born or whatever. I associate them with that. 
kind of dank grimness. It's my the favorite thing about the Cure is that they have both sides to them like that. And yeah, I, 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 somehow I don't know. I don't know any other band that could pull off what the Cure do. I don't no. know any do. There's still a lot of darkness in uh, Love Cats and Friday Night Love. I think. Well, maybe not as much Friday Night Love, but. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's pop, but it's the pop done by the Cure. Yeah, like it, it, it definitely has. It's the darker side of pop, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I suppose I'd say like, like Bauhaus had fucking reggae songs and everything as well. Like so, like mm. everybody's allowed to have a have a mess around and see what works at the end of the day. But uh, when I think of the Cure, I think of this. Um, that style of music. That's kind of what I want out of the Cure. Yeah. Um, in I think. Um, I think "Born" isn't off of the Crow soundtrack. I think that's their best song. Um, I think that's their best, at least top three. But there's that to me is the perfect <laughs> balance. Amazing. It's it's amazing. But that to me is the perfect balance of uh, kind of catchy and grim at the same they, time. They played that live as their second song in Malahide. Incredible! It was, inc- it was yeah. so good. Like, Fucking outrageous! It was like when you hear that. Everyone turned around and went, What? Not only are they playing it, they're playing it right now. And we're not like those people at the bar, legging it back. Of course. Going, Shit, shit, shit. What a song. What a fucking song. Second song, I think. That to me is the perfect balance. As I said, a kind of catchy, melodic, kind of got pop with the grimness. And that works perfectly well for me. The line for me is in between days. I love that song. But that if that had like. I think maybe if that had like one more fucking major chord change more in it, I'd be fucking out or something. It's just something. <laughs> it's right. It's just on the. It's on the, the precipice. That's fair enough. I think you know? a lot. A lot of people are the exact same with the uh, Yeah, I, I just. But this song in particular, pornography. The song. It's the last song in the album for good reason. Uh, and it's not like the rest of the the rest of the album is is a triumph of fucking happy good feelings. Either, like, you know? like like when I was listening to people talking about that cure gig, right? Uh there was mad mixed reviews, but the people that were moaning about it were saps that oh, went yeah. to see Love Cats. Oh yeah. So yeah. when when they start playing like the caterpillar and stuff like yeah. that, and I'm like, what? Actually, this is a bad example. They probably liked that song. Um, forest. Born, born yeah. even, a forest. And uh, anything of uh, disintegration. Yeah. They were like, I saw them going, Jesus, I wish I'd gone to uh, Ghost and Metallica that night because <laughs> that Cure gig was born a shite. And I'm like, are you, you for real? Like, just, like, did you not think the Cure had songs like that? Yeah. And did you not it's think a, they were going to play them? It's almost the majority of their back catalogue. You know what I mean? Like, do you know why people call them, the, like, goth band because they are <laughs> like it's a stupid name but yeah. everyone like but they you, are if you say to someone name a goth band they go like oh, the cure like the cure, cure are you a cure, cure. head exactly cure they've head. got their own name so, nobody calls so where do they think that came, where do they think that came heads, from like, yeah i think some people that are like that that would wear brightly colored shorts to the, the cure gig to hear love cats go well they don't now that they have big songs they don't have to do that miserable stuff anymore i'm like oh the painiest the absolute pain of them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's pornography with a cure. I think that's one of the most miserable, depressing, off-putting, upsetting songs. Yeah. Um, hourly, um, that's out there. It's yeah. every second of it is designed to make you feel like someone's sneaking up behind you, and, yeah. um, and you're chained to a fucking radiator in a basement. And I just don't like it. I, I, every song, I just don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Even though I love that album and I love that song, it uh, puts the absolute fucking tiddling shits up me. It, do, it does. It does what it's supposed to do. It's, well, it's absolutely. Ron Seal. It's, it's the, the Ron, Ron Seal, Seal song. I've got exactly, exactly <laughs> what she's on the tin. Who is your last one? This is the last one, and this is just. Hang on. Before we get into it, right? This is a viral song that went viral, as I just said. Yeah. Uh, on the viral internet in 2008's viral videos. <laughs> Stop that now. Uh, this came out, and I remember we all shared it and we mm. all laughed at it. Even, and here, there's, there's many reasons that this song is uh, makes me feel uncomfortable, uneasy, right? One, she's singing out of time and out of key, badly. Real bad. Ba- really badly, out of time, out of key. That gives you this kind of uh, jilted. Yeah, your, your, your middle of the thing. Second of all, we're all laughing at her singing about a song about her mate that died. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, 
<laughs> I love saying it like Dale Boy Trot. Without further ado. A Jew. Yeah. Will you play Tea Babies? It's so cold in the D. thing about this song is that auto-tune 100% existed and was free yeah and not only that did you hear the bit where she's going back into the second verse and whoever produced us went whatever stick the chorus in right in the middle there right there in like, the middle of she, it like they actually had to blend the vocals out yeah. or fade them out and cut the and it comes out of nowhere the second chorus because yeah, like, you can hear absolutely her absolutely nowhere for, for the two or three lines beforehand where she's trying to do her backing vocals she runs way out I forget her lines or something. There's so a bit far, right before oh. it. She just anyway, loses like, it. Yeah, I do feel bad about having a pop at tea baby here because like she was made a fool of on the internet or whatever like that. And all she was doing was what so many other people did. But the problem is she did it slightly worse so that it went viral. Not on purpose, I mean. And the video is her and her mates and probably family like walking around yeah. uh, Detroit. So cold in the day for anyone who doesn't know. Is that how cold it is? It is freezing in, in, in Detroit. Detroit. Comparisonally yeah. attested And um this this kind of is like right, so it when when people go to Detroit now, like famous people, they sometimes play this because it's it's an anthem. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's an anthem at the expense of T Baby all the time. Yeah. Um well, you know, it's a sort of joke a tongue in cheek joke. So New kids on the block went to Detroit and they like stood up on a piano and started singing Cold in the D and everyone's oh. like, like Usher did the same yeah. uh, in the, in uh, in the film war. Um it's has eight point two million views probably at this stage now. That's an old article I got that from. Yeah. Um the song, like I said, is about her mate who died uh, trying to break up a fight. But it's the feel of this song. Like you yeah, like I did I used to laugh because like when you're younger you just laugh at everything. Of course. <laughs> It was like, I wasn't that long. I was actually like 12 years ago. Like that. But yeah, it's like, who's stated this? Oh, they can't sing. And, yeah, and I'm not being bad, but she just looks like Don Cheadle. She does look like Don Cheadle wearing a fucking weird wig. And like, m- musically, it's kind of, it's a little bit G-Funk type thing going on. Yeah, but it's the, fine. It's even the, the levels, yeah. levels in the music are all over the place. Yeah. It, it, it jumps. It, none of this is, is her fault. The producer let her down badly. Now she had $300 to make it. However... She has torn the profit on this because whatever about the YouTube, I don't know if she will get the YouTube thing, but she got $4,000 from MTV hmm. because it was featured on the re-vamped uh, Beavis and Butthead. Ah. So they... I think she re-recorded this as well, didn't she? She did re-record it. Uh, yeah. I didn't hear that version because I, I want this to stay. I don't want... I want this to stay. Well, what's the point? Exactly. Like, ly- the lyrics are very, like... On, like, yeah, how do I know? I'm not gonna do the, the no, I'm not gonna start like picking them apart because that's fucking bullshit. But like, I will say this, and the reason it's on it is because if you listen to this, you're it, there's a part of your soul dying because of how out of tune again, nothing to do with T Baby, she's not the producer, yeah. Uh, whoever did is throwing the music right into the middle of the chorus right into the middle yeah. of a verse while she was trying to sing it um, they didn't give her a lick of help with the tune like you said the auto-tuning N- not or a, even not a fucking a quick run through even of it they like you can get uh, automatic auto-tunes now that, that are yeah. free plugins 
and you, you just, just run it through. You, you just give it the key of the song and exactly. make sure that it doesn't go, go out too much. Of exactly. It. Yeah. And also, if someone really wanted to help her out, they could have moved some of the vocal takes a little bit left and right to match up. That, exactly. that wouldn't have been her fault. That's 100%. No, unless she produced herself, which I don't think she did. Well, she probably uh, sat in on it, but like... That's it, and she's like, Yeah, I think so. I've never when you're brand new, if you remember the first time you ever went into the recording studio when you were younger, like, even though what you came out with was probably shite, you thought was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, you were like, That's Absolutely. that's us, that's unreal. You were never unhappy, huge, exactly. You were never unhappy. Also, with what you some came producers out the will give you the waffle. That's how that's how things are supposed to sound nowadays. Oh, oh I, the, the first first recording studio I went into was one called the Blue Note, it was on Parnell Street across the road in Fever McGee's up a little lane that used to be there, which is there's a building there now. And your mom was just a lying bastard. Like, I think I'm back yeah. on it now. Yeah, mom was just a lying cunt. <laughs> like, we'd, like, we'd be trying to do a solo or something like that or some little lick and you make a bollocks of it and you'd be like, because you're first in the studio, you're waiting on the engineer to turn around and say, like, do you want to do that again? And he'd go, no, I should leave it in, like, you know, add to the roughness of the song because he just wanted to get you out. He wanted your 300 quid or whatever get you the fuck out, you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's only with more and more experience that you learn to turn around and say, no, let's go again. And yeah, hang just on a second. It. That sounds completely fucked up on the hour of time. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, but look, Every time I hear this, it does make... Now I don't laugh anymore. I really don't. I don't. But, but like, I still think it's sort of mad interesting. So when I played it there, when you played it there, I felt that shiver of... It's all so... It is cringy. It's all so cold in the day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, right, we'll wrap it up there. That's it. That wrap was it uh, Uncomfortable Songs. Um, thanks to everybody who joined us for the last Lost Art Live the other night. Once yeah, everything is, it was, was actually fun. It was super. Like, do you know what? Like we 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 said on the thing, the two of us were overturned, and that is when you get us at our weirdest. Uh, and the, hopefully, is entertaining. Yeah, the, the the crack was ninety, as they say, and um, I great fun doing it musically. It was great. The recording of it is oh, now up on the it's up on the Patreon for anybody who didn't get to listen to it live. Uh, Patreon is there it's patreon.com forward slash lost air podcast it's like five dollars a month to get you access to uh, every single Saturday night lost art live a uh, load of exclusive podcasts and videos and content I hate saying content but yeah it's content um, loads of that it shit up there it is it is what it is uh, you don't want to join Patreon that's fine you can click on the Ko-Fi link which is in the, the text body of this podcast and just tip us buy us a pint buy us a coffee buy us a sandwich if you think we're hungry looking um Whatever you like, we Boy, don't look. We don't look hungry. Don't look hungry. Boy is a salad sandwich. Um, <laughs> I love an old salad sandwich. <laughs> I do. I enjoy a good salad sandwich. Um, yeah, that's it, gang. Uh, we're back next Monday with another podcast. We are not back Saturday with a last start live because we have to go back to work. It's bullshit. Uh, thanks for sticking with the live one for the last year and a bit. And once the pubs are open and we're allowed to do stuff, we'll do a proper live one in the pub and we'll live stream it to the people who aren't based in Ireland. Yeah, uh, and that will be fun as well. So it shall, because we'll just get fucking riggedy wrecked and Ooh, get to yeah. play whatever we like as usual. We'll have fun. Uh, that's it. See you again next Monday, and uh, good afternoon, good morning, good night. See you later. Take it easy. <laughs>